Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Saad Chaudhry, Chief Digital and Information Officer at Luminous Health. I'm Kate Gamble, Managing Editor and Director of Social Media. In part two, Chaudhry talks about the massive project his team has taken on to reset Epic across the organization, how Luminous has beefed up its commitment to improving diversity and equity, and why he believes all digital initiatives must be examined through different generational lenses. It's funny, one of the things that we hear a lot is, you know, healthcare is complex, technology is layered, and it almost becomes an excuse for people to kind of throw their hands up and say, you know, what can we do? So this is really kind of getting to the root of it. And can you talk a little bit more about how it's going to change jobs and, you know, like kind of get into how you guys are doing this? Because it's really fascinating. So I'll, I'll talk about something that is a little bit more rote first, and that's the EHR. I mean, that's a known quantity, cost of doing business, all that stuff. That's not innovative in any way at this point, right? Everybody has. We're an Epic shop. We've been an Epic shop for 13 plus years. So that means we have built up a lot of debt in workflows, in, in not taking certain updates because we felt we had some other system that did the job and then just missing out on a whole branch of Epic development that came out after it and so on and so forth. So Epic has this thing, it's a project label that they use called Refuel, where they basically try to reset certain components of their EHR suite. We are doing it in a massive scale, We're almost like a reset of the entire EHR, all components, and we use pretty much all modules. And what we're doing is we're saying there's only two layers to this. Number one, we reset the foundation which is the terminology that Epic uses for out of the box, which they know is a best practice for that specific function. There's over 20 modules of Epic and each module has many, many hundreds of functions. So that's foundation. However, because healthcare is complex and layered and differs from one state and one specialty to the next, Epic can't know the best practice out of the box for everything. And they can't just pre-program it. So what the second layer we're saying is for wherever there is a need to configure, it will be based on a global best practice and no level of personal preference. It does not matter what we think about ourselves. We are not special. So it has to be in the most simplified way possible. It doesn't matter if we upset our own clinicians, clinical leaders, it's okay because that is what we have figured out will give back time to both our users and our patients. People are not very happy about that because people are like, you know how long I've taken to figure out the best workflow and it's quality and research and blah, blah, blah. We're like, you know what? You're not going to care about all the research papers when you're on your deathbed. Neither will our patients. Right. All right. So that's a rote thing. That's a rote mechanical thing. Nothing innovative. But then there's other stuff that we're doing. So there's areas that our EHR does well, but because they're a massive mega suite, they can't do everything very, very well. So Epic as a machinery, as a corporation, they approach certain things in certain timelines and that's okay. Well, there are certain areas that I want to give time back to my patients today. You know, it's kind of weird for me to say, hey, I'll give you time back in a few years. Like, frankly, we serve over a million people in our region. So some of them may not be around in a couple of years. Yeah. So I'm saying I want to give time back today. Online scheduling. It has to be Epic has online scheduling, but the way they do online scheduling takes time away. I want to give time back. So if today on Google, you go Luminous Health 
three clicks, 15 seconds, you'll be at open slots, just like open table. If you Google luminous space, health space, flu space shots, the first Google result, you click on it, nothing else. It says schedule here right now. That's it. Takes you right in the middle of a scheduling workflow. I can't do that currently from the HR perspective. Not that we won't get there from an Epic. And when we do, I'll gladly adopt it. Mm-hmm. Now that's the front end. So I've stopped using the words digital front door because it's all digital doors at this point, right? There's side doors, there's back doors because you have to pay your bills somehow. You have to get consultations. There's all these other kinds of side doors and back doors. So now it's a digital door. So that's one of the digital doors. The other side is a back end. So you go get inpatient care. And if it's complex enough in the acute care setting, you're going to be getting all these kind of letters in the mail for like six months. Like this is a bill. This is not a bill. This might be a bill. (laughs) The whole spectrum. And then there's bills coming for the same thing. And, and, and you're like, well, I think I paid this. And then you call them and then you're on a hold for 20 minutes. And then they say, yeah, you did. But, you know, we have to do it from our system and blah, 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 blah. Oh, my gosh. Talk about wasting your existence. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So I'm, I'm partnering with a vendor that does this, but not quite in the way that I want them to. So we're going to be the first of our kind of health system implementation for them. They've done many health systems before, but not the kind that we want to do. And what it's going to do is completely bring together ambulatory, inpatient, and all kinds of care payment. And it's going to bring them into the modern age where you're going to get a text message with a URL unique for you because your text message is coming to a mobile number we have. That's first level of identification. You click on the URL, then we ask for your date of birth or something else. That's second level of identification. And then you pay your bill with Google Pay or Apple Pay and you're done. That's how it should be. That's absolutely how it should be. I'm actually taking development away from app. I don't want you to download an app. You don't need an app. I need to provide you. I need to give you back those few seconds of existence that I'm stealing from you by opening an app, forgetting your use password, resetting your password, calling help desk to get your password. Reset. I need to give those minutes back to you. So I will serve you up what you need in your context so you can do it faster, quicker, and get back to actually living your life. That's a strategy. Yeah, it is. And I think that the need for this has been around for so long, but I think that people weren't really sure how to approach it or weren't really willing to really turn things on on their access or like you're doing, look at the absolute root of it and the one goal that you have. And this actually applies inwards as well. So I need to give time back to our employees. Mm -hmm. And so I am looking at things that are not terribly sexy but give time back. So I'm looking at how do we make it a more digital workplace? Like, you know, in a digital workplace, do you need an intranet website? And if you do, what is that? That kind of stuff. And then where are the resources located? And why do you have to go searching on network drives and this and that? So I'm looking at all of that. And I'm also trying to get educated myself on how the next generations operate because I could build all these things uh, and it's not me doing anything really. I'm honestly just a mouthpiece. I have fantastic people here at Luminous Health that are doing these things and actually developing them. And we could develop all of these things and realize that we're not actually giving time back to anybody because the new generation of workforce and patients do things differently. Mm -hmm. So I don't wanna do this in a vacuum because as passionate as I might be about this, I might be wrong. And so I'm also, and this is again, due to our CEO being fantastic and and forward leaning, she has me co-chairing some of our diversity items. So 
we have a fantastic approach to diversity and we don't call it DEI at Luminous Health. We call it JEDI. So J-E-D-I, that's justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And we believe it all starts with justice yeah. uh, because justice is what creates an equitable environment. Everything else is just sort of fixing stuff as much as you can with what you're given. Justice changes the entire environment itself. So we started with that. And also our, our CEO, Tori Bayless, she's a huge Star Wars fan. So it works for her. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the governing body of diversity at our organization is the Jedi Council. <laughs> awesome. And Let's I'm tell- on the Jedi Council and I chair the, what we call a Generation Now group, the business resource group. And the, the whole goal of Generation Now is currently millennials and Gen Z, but of course it will keep moving from there on. It's an ongoing thing. And what we're trying to do is look through the lens of these upcoming generations when we make any changes, whether yeah. they're workforce changes or patient facing changes. So I'm utilizing that. And that's a very operational role that I play. And again, thanks to my boss to make sure that even though Time applies to every living thing. The changes to give back time are in line with what the generations expect. Yeah. You've hit on something really big too when you were saying that we realize that what I'm saying might not be right. And that that's such a big part of it too. I think that that's something that you know you have to be willing to do, but we don't know what the next generation is going to want. And I think that that's such a huge part of it, that acceptance. Yeah. I mean, you and I, like when I was telling you, oh, I want to give back time in, in the digital door side, we agreed and, and we both said, yeah, that sounds fantastic. But I don't know if in a few years, Gen Z doesn't operate that way. And they are like, yeah, sure. Fantastic. 10 years ago. So right, right. this has to be rooted in the current reality. And mm-hmm. the other thing of this is I don't want to minimize, like I, I had a eureka moment and I unearthed some like insanely amazing secret here. All of this is potmarked with minds. It's a minefield. I'm taking a risk in many, many different ways. And it's not just me, my organization, my people putting their trust in me. They're taking a risk. My, uh, my CEO is taking a risk. So I, I recently transitioned from being a CIO to a CDIO with the deep standing for digital. And, you know, she believes just like I do that there should never be an empty title change. If you truly as an organization believe in digital transformation and you want to have a digital leader, you need the scope to go with it. So as an increase in scope, I have our marketing communications and public relations department reporting up to me now. So our chief marketing communications officer reports up to me. And then I also have a seat on the board with that handles business ventures and investments for the organization. So these are very non-classical IT things. These are not nothing to do, but the whole point is that's exactly what digital is supposed to be. It's supposed to not be about IT. It's supposed to be about operations and how they're changed. So all of this is risky. Putting me in a role like this, giving me oversight of operational items, this is a risky endeavor for a CEO, but she believes in it. She puts her trust in me. She believes in the way that I'm looking at this, and I need to step up and live up to that trust. And I wouldn't be doing that if I said, I am right. This is the way it's going to be forever, unless I rooted it in some level of ground reality that is generation-based. Yeah. That's the other thing that has to be so big is having the CEO, having others who bought into this, but also understand all the risks. Like you said, this is a minefield, but you got to keep your eye on on the goal. And it's such an important one. I agree. Do or not do. There is no try. (laughs) I think that's Yoda. My son was here. uh, 
my my boss Tori, she uh, that's one of her favorite Star Wars quotes. So I I definitely want to follow up in a little bit to see how this goes, but it's just it's really interesting and and one of the things we've heard about is people who are diagnosed with cancer can't get an appointment for weeks. It's like the most horrendous thing you could hear. And then just the billing, the billing nightmares. And it's like, whatever we've been doing is not working. You have to approach it differently. And maybe this can be something that helps get things moving in the right direction. I certainly hope so. I think really it's a simple, simple thing. And, and there's, a, there's a mechanic you can use as a litmus test, which is if you truly stop saying your health system's name and you say, I work for a business that gets you your existence allowance, and then ask the next question, you'll know right there and then if you're doing the right thing or not. So your example about cancer patients needing weeks to get their first appointment, imagine saying as the CEO of that organization, I work in the existence allowance business and it'll take us two weeks to get your appointment. You can't even say that sentence out loud. Your brain won't let you. Right. There, yeah. Right there and there is the litmus test. Yeah. This has been great. I really appreciate it. Always enjoy talking to you. And I will definitely follow up in a little while to see how things are going. Absolutely. Nice chatting with you guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.